0: Hashem week, a beautiful, lovely, unseized, unseasonably lovely Monday morning, unseasonably beautiful weather. Still got to bottle this up, guys, while we still have it, right? Grab it and bottle it. Anyway, a beautiful week. We should usher in beautiful tidings. We should hear Guta Basurus this week. Uh, only good news from Shemaim from, and from us. And let's continue. there Hashem, we are in Dalad, Dalet, Perik Simen, Hay. Bays. Dalad. I'm sorry, Dalad Baze Hay. And uh, this, again, is the parak where the Ramchal goes through Talmud Torah, what learning is all about, what learning does for us, what it does for the world. We saw a question last time, which I'm still not going to address. We're still going to leave it as an open question. And that was um, learning. when When we learn Torah, we are on a place that's above mitzvahs, higher than mitzvahs. And the higher that we connect, the more we're bringing that highest form of energy possible into our minds, into our sechel, into our neshama, into our ruach, etc. And it's known that that you know learning gives us shleimus, because as we said, there's 613 aspects of Torah, right? That's the 613 mitzvahs, 248 plus 365. We have 613 aspects of ourselves, there's 613 components of the universe, rebinding himself, interfaces, through humanity, to humanity, through 613. So it all lines up. So any aspect of Torah that we learn, this particular Mesechah, this particular Suvya, you know, Yavamis, lines up in one, one slice of that 613. Babakama, different slice, Ksubis, Chulin, Gitun, Bichayris, they all address different areas of Halacha, of Shulchan Aruch, address different slices of that 613. And as I learn it, so I'm raising that area of myself that also lines up with that. And I'm connecting, aligning that part of myself directly with Hashem, and of course I'm thereby also aligning that part of the universe that lines up with me, that lines up with that Mitzvah, that lines up with Hashem. The Ramchal for some reason said when he talked about that person has to diversify his learning. We saw that last time. You got to diversify your learning. Make sure you can never just stay with Nasham Nazikin. You can never just stay with Kutchin, You can't just stay with Taharis. You can't say, I'm going to know Heuchel's Muksa very well. I'm going to know Heuchel's Shabbos very well. I'm going to know Heuchel's Brahma's very well. You have to diversify. You've got to know everything. And if we would finish off the rest of that sentence, we have to know everything because if I only focus in one area of Torah, Basr V'chalav, so only the Basr V'chalav part of me is going to receive Perfection. That, that's obvious. That goes without saying, it would seem. And that's what we would say. The Ramchal, for some reason, is focused on the universe part of it. The Ramchal said, if we don't diversify our learning, if we become experts and, and and focus exclusively just one area of Torah, then we'll only bring Tikkun to one area of the universe, the Ramchal said. He didn't say anything about us. This was the, the cliffhanger from last time. We'll have to get back to that yet, but it's, it's a major problem. It's a major problem that the Ramchal didn't talk about The the responsibility and the obligation of diversify our, lear, our our learning, diversifying our learning to bring tikkun to all of us. You only talked about tikkun to the debris. What what happened to us? I also need to have full shleimus and a full tikkun. And if I focus on one aspect of learning, I, I'm going to be left chasser. So we'll have to get back to that. But, but just once, the, you know, You <laughs> once that's been brought up over here, again, it cannot be Ever overstressed or overem- overemphasized it's a lesson for all of us. You know how the yids really have. To, uh, a yid has to be exposed to proficient and well versed in all areas of Torah, even though some are easier, some are more difficult, some are within the comfort zone, some are outside the comfort zone. But you have to have a plan. How, how am I going to eventually see all of Shas How am I going to see Yushalmi? When am I going to learn Yushalmi? You know, at one point you have to make a Seder to go through Yushalmi. And, uh, you know, did you ever see the Yushalmi? Tell me Yushalmi. You ever saw that? Yurchasr, if you didn't see that part of Torah, Yurchasr over there. And, you know, big people, I've seen myself, big, big people who you would think are, are, are um, specialists, specialize in certain aspects of Torah, they're everywhere, they're really all over the place. Yeah, I had this chus of sitting in the shir of Revosher Arieli, Shlito, Zohar Gezunzein, Stark in the Mir for many years. And, you know, you think, like, he is world-known for what? For his shiurim on ten mesechdas. Ten that Mir repeats every five years. They have a, a cycle over there, a machzor. Every five years they go through the same <laughs> ten tractates. They've been doing this now for decades and decades. You know, I, I was in a shir already a while ago. A while ago I was in a shir. And I was, when I was in a shir, he had already been giving shir for at least 10, 15 years. And now we're 25 years later. And he still repeats the same, you know, the same ten Masechtas every five years. And that's what he's well known for. The extremely proficient, extremely specialized. But I remember even in my day, it was known in, in the morning, and I don't know, you could see it yourself, he had a Kharusa that he was going through the rest of Shas with. He had a in the morning. He was learning through Aravan. I remember Sukhazman, he was doing Aravan, he doing picking up everything else to, to make sure he went through Shas., a Also, he, in fact he actually took five years off. He also goes through the Mir cycle. And he took five years off of the Mir cycle to go through the rest of Shaz and he gave Shear the whole time. His whole Shear was diverted off of the, the Mir track. He went through everything else. He went through, you know, Sanhedrin. Did Sanhedrin was man, and and, and uh, it was more than five years. I remember maybe it was ten years, and everyone just had to sit tight while he went through the sushas. Uh Yankel Abloy Lavracha. huge dying in Yerushalayim. I, I lived in his neighbor in Sanhedria. Rabbi Yankel yeah. he wrote the Piskei Chayshin. He wrote Sfarm. he He was the specialist. In, in, like, practical halacha, but all areas of practical halacha. He wrote, wrote a ten-volume set on Chayish Mishpat. Chayish Mishpat, is, it was a very, very, very difficult area of halacha, you know, monetary law. And he has, you know, he wrote a ten-volume set on this, but every question under the book you can find in there, any question on the sun, rather, you can find in his, his farm, in his books. And he wrote, an, you know, all, all, all areas of practical, everyday halacha. He was a paisik. he was a huge paisik, tremendous paisik. You know, specialized in everyday practical halacha. And I once, you know, went over to ask him a Shiloh. I mean, more than once. But one time I happened to go to ask him a Shiloh. He was sitting in a study learning. A cigarette in one hand. And a Gemara opened. And, 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 and he was a good Shalimer. Anyway. So he had open. I came to ask him a Shiloh. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. You know what he had opened? Mesecha Zvachim. I still remember this. He was going through Zvachim. And not the Taruvah's parts of Zvachim. He was going through Zvachim. Kachim. He was learning through Zvachim. So you think, a huge Paisach, he's always, you know, he's always learning the Shabbos, he's always learning Hilchas ribbis, right? Basav Echalov, you had a Masechus open in front of him. So you gotta, we specialize, but we have to diversify also. Um, and you and, and, uh, have to have a plan. What's your plan? What's your plan to see Shas? What's your plan to see yushambi What's your plan to see taisefta What's your plan to see Medrash Rabba? What's your plan? And, you know, What's your plan? The plan happens one day at a time? We have to formulate a plan and we have to stick to that plan. So we, let's move on to hey. Okay. Let's move back to the, to the, 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 the primary topic which is what Torah does for us, how, that, how Torah elevates us and how Torah elevates a yid. Sitting and learning Hashem's holy Torah provides more elevation than doing any mitzvah. One drop of Torah gives more elevation than the biggest mitzvah because Torah is fundamentally in a higher place, qualitatively in a higher place than mitzvahs are. The Torah is God, godly stuff itself, God stuff. I mean, it's, it's Hashem's, as we said, the different ways of approaching this, Hashem's wardrobe, Hashem's clothing, Hashem's essence that's, that's given a, a, an outline in, in, in creation. So that's why it provides more elevation. And the Ramchal said earlier that the Torah only provides that elevation when I learn Torah with the right conditions met. That's when the Torah gives me that elevation. the right conditions have to be met. Now he's going to go through some of those conditions. Hey. Dalet hey Ach. What are the conditions that have to be met? That have to go into my learning, for my learning to really elevate me? First of all, I have to go approach learning with a certain amount of yira. Yira normally is translated as fear, but that's not really the correct translation. It means o. awe. awe. A-W-E, awe. GPS signal lost. I'm, I apologize, but it's just, you know, we're going to have to live with that. But anyway, nevertheless, Yira should be translated as awe and not fear. But it means, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of intimidated. You're, 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 you feel very small because Hashem is so vast and awesome. We usually translate Yira as fear. Yira and Ava is love and fear, right? The two opposites. But it doesn't mean fear in the sense that, um, like, afraid, you're afraid of the boogeyman, right? You're afraid of... I do. What? Excuse me? I do. No, no, no we're all afraid of the boogeyman, but I'm saying that's not... The fear of God is not this that, that kind of... That's why fear is not always a good translation, because fear has connotations of, like, I'm afraid of the boogeyman, I'm afraid of the muggers, I'm afraid of people that are lurking in the shadows, right? Um, afraid to walk through uh, wadi jors. Are we afraid of walking through wadi jors? I don't know. Um, I am, yeah. What's wadi East Jerusalem, oh, no. where the Arabs live, did that once. When? When do we do that? Uh, 90, before sixty-seven or after sixty-seven? After sixty-seven. Uh, before before Tzavada, before the nineties or after ninety-four? Ninety-four. My parents and I took a wrong turn. We had to soldiers escort us back, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Baruch Hashem, you with us. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so, courses. so that's that's fear, uh, but uh, the fear of God is not the fear of the boogeyman. It's it's awe, fear, which means I, I'm just afraid. I'm, I'm 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 intimidated. I'm cowed in your presence. I'm awed. I'm awed by your by your grandeur. So there has to be year of a but atzmi. So let, let's explore this is an interesting idea. I mean, this no, the Gemara says you have to learn the you learn Torah. You have to feel like you're at a harsina. harsina was a place of fear of awe. They were, the mountains were trembling and quaking. The Jews were trembling and quaking. We saw the the thunder and the smoke and the lightning and we heard the chauffeur. It, it was a very very. Um, uh, it was an experience that created a, a, a tremendous amount of awe, fear, and and um, acknowledgement of the power of Hashem and the the how small we are. So that that you know the Gemara talks about this. The so Ramchal is going to explore this idea. The, that to really approach learning, we have to go into learning with yira, respect, fear, awe for the learning. V'tikun ha'ma'ase b'cholayis, fear which leads to us being mindful of where we have to improve ourselves. vizet which means as, as follows, ki'hine. You're gonna explain this concept. Like, why is it that to, I, I, why do I have to go into my learning when I sit down, open a Gemara? I have to have yira, respect, awe, fear for my learning, right? We would think that a yid goes into learning. And we should go into learning with with love, right? Just keep off of Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah. Generally, when you find people very very nervous. No, you f- people are have such love, right? People embracing the Sefer Torah, and kissing, hugging, dancing with such Simcha and such joy. Do you think so? I, I want to learn Pesachim. I should be smothering it with with smooches, my my masekh, right? That's what we should be doing. Why, why a year? I have to go into learning with year, and the Ramchal is giving this as this as the first condition. That, that if you you want learning to raise you and affect you, make sure you approach learning with, with yira. Why is that? With, with fear, with awe. So let's remind ourselves to go back to the basics, says the Ramkha. Why is it Torah affects me? Why is it Torah raises me? Because the Reb'ayin imbued within Torah, his own essence, so to speak, his own koyach, his own hashpah. he put that into Torah. Torah is something that embodies Hashem's own essence. Remember, and mitzvahs do not. Mitzvahs are one step removed. Mitzvahs are Hashem's essence um, giving instructions for what to do with a cup of coffee. Giving us instructions to what to do with Shor Shanoge Chesapara. Giving us instructions what to do with, with the fire on Shabbos. But it's not that the fire on Shabbos Hashem's essence is right there. No, but when I learn about that, Hashem's essence is right here. That's, again, the difference between Torah and Mitzvahs. So Hashem created this emzoi, this, this interface called Torah, and, and creating the interface that goes hand in hand with Hashem imbuing and infusing that interface with Hashem's own, Shef, Hashem's own power and energy. So therefore, when I interface with that interface, through again, he's reminding us the same two levels, my dibor and my seichel, through my speech, which represents the middle level of my neshama, through my intellect, thinking, cogitating, processing, which is my neshama, the higher level of my neshama, my neshama is Bonding and melding itself with that interface that Hashem bonded himself with, okay? So my my neshama is wrapped around Hashem's, so to speak, essence. My mind is, 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 is blending with Hashem's mind And And that brings then Hashem's energy into myself because that's where I begin So listen very carefully if, if Hashem wouldn't have put himself in there, if Hashem wouldn't have put himself into all that information, so it wouldn't be Hashem's information, Hashem's essence, then speaking about learning would be like speaking about mathematics, science, biology, astronomy, any other subject. It could have been it, Jewish law, Jewish law. What's it? Jewish law, secular law. Jewish discussions about Kiddush HaChodesh and astronomy. Jewish discussions about Hilchas Treifas and Chulin and biology, physiology. It, would, it could have been the same. The only thing that makes a difference is this is Hashem's own essence because Hashem put His essence into Torah. And again, if not for the fact that Hashem infused and imbued His own Kedush and Kayach in there, thinking about it, processing it would be like sitting for a whole day on a difficult math problem, which people do that but when people sit a whole difficult uh, for an entire day on a difficult math problem, people can sit for years on math problems, right? People do this. It doesn't, at the end of the day, doesn't make them into a slide ruler, right? Doesn't make them into a parallelogram when they finish sitting on it, right? No, it, it doesn't, doesn't change them They didn't really connect anything. They worked at a very difficult problem, certainly satisfying, but didn't develop them, didn't change them intrinsically. They'll just have the information. I came up with information, a breakthrough in mathematics, a breakthrough in science, but, but, but it didn't change me, it didn't actively affect me, because I didn't really connect to anything outside my existence. It didn't, it didn't raise me, it didn't upgrade me, it didn't change my existence, not on my neshama, not on my ruach, not through speaking about it, not through thinking about it. Again, I, I came up with a discovery. I came up with a Eureka. I came up with new information but it didn't change me. It didn't change who I am. It didn't elevate me. It didn't sanctify me. Because it's just information at the end of the day. It's not connected to anything that I wasn't already connected to. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, thereby also not, not affecting the universe. It didn't affect me. It didn't affect the universe. The Hashba of Torah is godly. Hashem is there in the information. In the, uh, the, the essence of the information is Hashem's essence. When I learn with it, when I connect my int- intellect to it, I am upgrading myself. I'm connecting t- myself to something that's greater than me, bigger than me, and higher than me. Okay, well, let, 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 let's, let's, let's appreciate this. Uh, you can have a yid, or a guy or a yid, who sits on a difficult math problem. Fermat's last theorem, I think they called it, right? Fermat. Who knows a little bit about mathematics over here? Fermat's last theorem a, 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 a uh, math problem that was posed by someone like 400 years ago. They thought it was unsolvable, but like in you know, like like 20 years ago somebody finally solved it. Somebody finally solved it. Um, it's an algebraic problem. Anyway, um, so so you know imagine that. imagine that you know you you solve a math problem that's been, Unstopped for 400 years. That's what happened, this guy. Um, it's extremely satisfying, extremely gratifying. But what does it do on an existential level, on a level of his mitzis, on a level of his existence? It didn't change him because even though he made a breakthrough in understanding, but when mathematics and all of the sciences lie is a, a level that's down here. In other words, he found the right door to open, he found the right information behind the right door, but that door is down here, that door really anyone, if you would be patient enough and and and, 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 um, and uh, uh, be clear enough, you couldn't really explain that information to anyone to uh, give it enough time enough patience, really anyone's capable of that breakthrough, it's just this person sat and thought until he came up with a good he had a good chab, but the information itself is information that, that's down here it's, it's within our existence. It's within the realm of nature. Math is laws of nature. Astronomy, biology, physics, these are all laws of nature. And even when we discover things, all we're doing is we're, we're opening the door to something that was there the whole time. Just <laughs> I'm the first one that, that thought of opening that particular door. But I'm not connected to anything that I wasn't connected to earlier, because I'm within the laws of nature. I had something else which is in the laws of nature. Said differently. I didn't bond with anything that's greater than me myself. That's greater than my own existence. That is the difference between chachmas HaOylem and Chachmasa Tairo. Chachmas HaOylem, again, all sciences and, and uh, wisdoms that are down here are ultimately no greater than my own existence. They're all on the same plane as my own existence. And just because I came up with a discovery that's not that now I'm connected to something that's bigger than myself, it's not bigger than myself. I obey the laws of nature, and that is obeys the laws of nature. It's within the laws of nature. It's something that's already with, within my own existence. I just, you know, I'm the first one. The thought of looking behind that piece of furniture. You know, this morning we were looking for my kids' cracks. So, did we find them? What do you guys think? We found one of them, right? We found one of them. So now Shmuley can't go to God with only one crack, on. they'll send him right back home. You know, they're not going to put, they're not going to tolerate. It. He shows up with only one crack on. But we found one of them. We we're Looking high and low, couldn't find. Finally, I convinced the rabbis to send him in the Shabbos shoes. Now, this one maybe like a man woman kind of, you know. The, I, I right away. I was, I was, I was. My vote was for the Shabbos shoes. Shabbos? What do you mean? Yes, yeah, Shabbos shoes. No, Shabbos shoes. Shabbos shoes to Ghana. It's not Shabbos. But listen, we've got to get them out the door, the Shabbos shoes. No, no, we have to look for the other crack. So it took a while, but uh, eventually we sent them in the Shabbos shoes because <laughs> we couldn't find the other crack. But uh, let's say my kids would have been home and they would have found the other crack. They look behind the couch. They look behind the, the under the fridge. They look on the mirpessa. They probably, you know, they told, in the neighbor's backyard. There's a lot of times you find my kids' cracks over there. In the neighbor's backyard. <laughs> so they found it. But but did they make a breakthrough on the level of mitzvahs? They found the crack. So wow, you're like on a different plane than I am. You're on a different level. No, you just, you know, you found something that was accessible to me. Also, you just had a good chapp. You looked somewhere that I didn't think of looking. But you didn't put yourself in a, a place where I don't exist. Says so like, all the sciences are like that. But Edson, mathematics and astronomy and physics, and, and even particle physics, nuclear physics, the breakthroughs they made in the last 100 plus years, they didn't put themselves in a new place of existence that nobody else existed yet. First of all, they're basing themselves off of previous discoveries and breakthroughs, and they're just looking, you know, they, they have better equipment, but it was there all along, right? They just are looking in places that nobody looked before, but you could have looked there also. You give da Vinci, uh, you know, the kind of equipment, uh, uh, microscopes and, and telescopes that we have, so he can make the same discoveries eventually. Torah is connecting connecting oneself to a a mitzvah, an existence that's greater than our existence. And and that's why every word of Torah is an upgrade, every understanding. You you understand one line in one Mishnah, you're suddenly existing in a place that's outside of your own existence, above and beyond. You've broken through the barriers of existence. You've broken out the laws of nature, you're l'malaminatevah. Torah, again, is the Rebbein infinitude, Hashem's infinite existence that he puts into the Bria. It's one nano-degree removed from HaKosh Baruch Hu, but it represents Hashem's essence, it represents an, a, a mitzvahs existence that's Taqo above the laws of nature, above Teva. And when I connect to it, in one second, I'm connecting to something that's greater than me, that's bigger than me, that's broader than me, that's bigger, than, that, 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 that transcends my existence, on, on the basic level of Teva. One line of Torah gives me a, a, a upgrade, a transcendent existence that 400 years of thinking on a math problem won't, even if I make that breakthrough and I crack open that math problem. But again, it's just I open the door that nobody saw before. But, but now that the door's there, everyone sees that door. It, it was here the, all along. It was down here all, all along. Um, so that, that's a huge idea. Um, but it's going to lead us back, though, to a basic idea a basic ideal. Um So all other wisdoms, again, it's all about information, information that's down here, information that was there all along. It's not breakthroughs, it's not breaking out of Teva, it's things that are within Teva. I'm the first person that found it, but it was here all along. It doesn't change me, it doesn't take me to a place that's greater than me. It, it, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't upgrade me, it doesn't affect or upgrade the Brio. But Torah is outside of me, is greater than me. Not only Torah is outside of me, but it's higher than anything else that's outside of me, including the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are also coming from the Ratzanah Boirei, but again, the they're, they're Ratzanah is down here. Torah is Ratzanah that's up there. The that, that being the case, a person certainly should what? When he's learning Torah and he realizes that it's a, a wisdom, a subject that's fundamentally different than every other subject, he certainly should be fearful, he certainly should tremble, he should, certainly should be in awe and respect of what he's learning. Because, look, this, this stuff, this is very different than, than, than the, the, the textbooks, the math, science, and, and trigonometry. This is not just a textbook. This is godliness over here. So how can I have this and, and and not have respect for it? Or and trembling, you know, this is this is something that's again this is this is a a nuclear power plant over here between the covers, right? That's what this is. You, 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 there's so much power, so much power over here, power that's greater than me that eclipses my own existence. Whereas a math textbook, no, that, that's down here. That's something that you know you take that to the bathroom. You 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 you, you know do uh, um it, it's. Why do you take it to the bathroom? Because it's in the same place that I am. you don't never t- we don't take a gemara into the bathroom because the gemara is way above where I am. Um, so that's why a person certainly should be in awe when he learns. Because when I open up the mssachem, I realize that I'm standing before God, and and um, this is God's essence being communicated to me, being being sent my way. Or god HaShem's own light, and he's not saying that metaphorically. He means what he says, it's HaShem's essence. mi <laughs> I should be ashamed of how lowly I am, how small I am compared to how enormous, vast, and grand HaShem is. V'yirash and, and again, be shaken up from HaShem's grandeur HaShem's might, how, how huge HaShem is. Um... Yeah, so, so before we go on, I think we'll save the second half of the paragraph for tomorrow, because so I want to speak something out, just to really understand what Ramchal is setting up for us. Ramchal first starts by putting things into perspective, what Torah is and what makes Torah different than every other subject out there. And he says, as a result, a person should certainly be respectful and awe and, and have a certain amount of trembling and respect, awe for, for what he's about to learn. So if we read that quickly and we think about it quickly, it sounds like the Ramchal is just saying an idea of of, it's appropriate. It's appropriate to be nirash v'nifchad. It's appropriate to be in awe, to be trembling, to be quaking when we learn because we realize and recognize where it's coming from. It's appropriate to have that respect. That's what it sounds like he's saying. But he's saying a lot more than that. If he was only talking about what's appropriate, he doesn't need to have such a long paragraph over here. He doesn't need all these introductions. It's different than other wisdoms and it's beyond me, it's above me, it upgrades me. He doesn't need to go on and on and on if he's just telling me, yeah, it came from Hashem so be respectful. He could have said that in two lines. This comes from Hashem, special delivery from God, special delivery from God, you know, I have to be more respectful for that. It's not just about being more respectful for God. It's about Am I lear- really learning? Am I learning Torah? Am I really learning? And, and let's just let's end with that point, and to take that point away with us. Learning Torah again is taking my mind and is bonding, so to speak, with Hashem's mind. My speech is is, is wrapping itself around Hashem's speech, Hashem's um, uh, uh, Hashem's creation, Hashem's interface, Hashem's Torah, which is. The wardrobe of Hashem Himself, the, the construct, the interface of Hashem Himself set up, that can house Hashem's essence. So when I have my head wrapped around my head, is bonding with Hashem's essence, and that gives me kedusha, that gives me elevation, that gives me power. But only when I'm really bonding with Hashem, Hashem's essence and Hashem's wisdom, as opposed to what, just bonding with knowledge and information. There's two ways of learning. There are two ways of learning. That's what the Ramchal is saying. You can learn in such a way that you are merely bonding. Or you can learn in such a way that, that my mind is being elevated, yanked up to the stratosphere, the, the spiritual stratosphere, and bonding with Hashem's mind, which elevates me and elevates the universe. Or you can learn in such a way that, hey, you know, there's a lot of information. Let me, I want to make sure I have to get all this. It's fascinating. This stuff is fascinating. The logic and the depth and the intricacy and and you know kazai is a why this, why that, by your bay mutate. This stuff is fascinating. If it's just about informational gathering, then I'm not really bonding with God. I'm bonding with information. I stripped the information away from God and I reduced it to another subject, another science. I reduced it to mathematics, to physics, to astronomy. That's what I reduced it to, because I took it away. From Barucho, and the Ramchal, That's why he spoke this. He said, he said, if Hashem wouldn't be in there, then it's just like any other wisdom. He himself said that, that there is a way of Torah not having Hashem in there. And when Hashem is not there in the Torah, then it's just, it's, it's just, it's just knowledge, it's information, it's a lot of details. What does it mean that Hashem is not there? How can Hashem not be in there? If I strip it away from God, if I remove it from God, how do you remove it from God? By learning without the Euro. That's what Yirah is there for. Yira, is there to create this moment, to create this, this situation where I'm really bonding with God because I'm understanding the fact that this is coming directly from Hashem. That's what my Yira does. My Yirah keeps it there with, by Hashem and, 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 and maintains Torah for what it really is, which is Hashem's essence, that's reverberations still of Harsinai, and makes it that when I'm learning, my mind, in trying to understand the stuff, is wrapping itself around, so to speak, Hashem's mind. Why? Because my mindset, my attitude, sustains this as Hashem's information. When I have year, when I have that awe, when I have that respect, I am part of that experience. When I, I say, okay, you know, let's uh, let's see what's going on over here. There's no respect, there's no awe, there's no understanding that this is coming from Hashem. It's not coming from Hashem anymore. I've reduced it to... To, 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 to facts and information. If Chas Shon, a person could take a Gemara to the bathroom, that's what he's doing. He took it away from Hashem. It's famous, you know, famously uh, known that, that um, and in, during the times of the Enlightenment, late 1800s in, in Europe, there were Bachim that were way off the derech. They were Mechale Shabbos. They, you know, they, they, they didn't keep anything. They were caught up in the Enlightenment, caught up in the modernization of the world that would bring the Jews, so to speak, out of the ghetto. Into, into the modern world, into modern life, into modern times. But they were fascinated by the logic over here. They are fascinated by the, the lectures of Reb Chaim, Velazhin, or Reb Chaim Salvech and, and Volashen. Reb Chaim Salvech is such a deep, penetrating thinker. They were fascinated by his lectures. And they went to his lectures. They attend his lectures eagerly, like uh, people attending lectures of Niels Bohr on the atom, the structure of the atom. Like this, it a work like that. Reb Chaim, look how Reb Chaim can trip ideas out. And, and it was well known. That, you know, you would find in the Basin Medish, Friday night, Bachar M'chazer Shir, over cigarettes, on Shabbos, because they didn't keep anything. They didn't um, have any connection to practical Judaism, but they found his lectures fascinating. That's not Torah, and that's not something that, that, that affected them. And that's how they could perpetuate that state of, of, of being completely non-observant, because for them, this was just fascinating lectures, fascinating Talmudic logic. That's really why one has to learn with Euro not just that it's appropriate, but that's what is needed as the backdrop and as the prime ingredients in my experience, in, in my seichel is bonding with Hashem's seichel. When I have the year, when I have the awe and respect, I see it's coming from Hashem, then I'm, I'm getting something from Hashem. When I have no respect and, and, and no awe and no understanding, no acknowledgement of that it's coming from a heavenly place and that it's different than all the subjects, then I I'm a robber, I'm a thief, and I stripped the information away from the godliness, and, and therefore there's no kedusha there anymore. A very scary thing, a very scary thing. But the degree to which Torah really will raise us and elevate us is dependent on the degree to which we have respect for where it's coming from. So that means that we're always supposed to be trembling and quaking and shaking over here. No, we'll see tomorrow the Ramchal is going to continue. That That's the beginning, the starting point, is I, I have respect and I'm in awe and I feel very small. And that leads to joy and happiness, celebration, that we'll have that tomorrow. But that's why, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful meaning We start by saying, Yiratzin. This this is Yira. When I say Yira, Hashem guide me in my learning, guide me with wisdom, because wisdom comes from you. This is respect. This is awe. It doesn't mean fear. It means awe and respect. This pours the foundation, and then comes the simple and the happiness and the appreciation. We'll continue with that tomorrow. Thank you all for joining. So again, it's happening tomorrow, programming tomorrow, cross between what about